Hey, everybody. Welcome to the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. Welcome back, everyone. That's Pete. And that is Stacy. <laughs> per usual. <laughs> back at it after a little slight break. A mini hiatus, if you will. Yes. So considering at least the content and one of the things that we're covering, I was curious if you had any extracurricular activities that you did when you were a kid. Yeah, I did. I wasn't like super busy. When I wrote it all down, it sounds like I was. Yeah, I was a lot busier than I realized as well. So I tried drums for a little while, but that was very short-lived. Tried guitar, also short-lived. I did have piano lessons, which I didn't do the lessons for very long, but I played piano a lot, and I got okay at it. Yes, you did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Sports-wise, I played soccer, football, baseball, and basketball. So I, I played a lot of them. I wasn't very good at any of them, but I played them. As a kid, and then did all of them carry over until you were in high school and stuff, or just a few? I played soccer as a kid, I played football as a kid, and then I played baseball and basketball in high school. Oh, okay. And I was in the school play for one year. Nice. <laughs> when you were a kid? No, as an adult. Oh, okay. As a kid, I guess I was in some of our church plays. Yeah, me too. How about you? So I also went to piano practice, and I remember that I had Miss Grammar. She was kind of older, so I'm not sure. I need to ask my mom. I actually meant to ask her before we recorded this, but I forgot. And then it switched to Miss Eves because I remember that she had a son who was, I think, a senior when I was, I was in like middle school, but I knew who he was because he was so attractive. Really? Yes. Like everyone had a big crush on him. But I did that for a few years, I think. And then I also did rec cheerleading <laughs> through... I don't know, maybe fifth and sixth grade before I got to middle school, because by the time we got to middle school, I didn't try out. Oh, you didn't? No. So that famous story with the hand-holding and the not hand-holding? Yeah. That was from rec cheerleading? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. So that's why I, like, I didn't really even know that guy until we got to middle school. Okay. And then he kind of liked me. He did. Suck it. Suck it. Go <laughs> check out that episode. It's a good episode. Yeah, that's in the, I think it's in the Teen Witch, Teen Wolf yeah, I think, episode. I think you're right. But I was also in Girl Scouts, brownies and mm -hmm. all of that. I don't even remember how long that all lasted. I assume that was throughout elementary school. We talked about this recently. I, I guess I forget that I was in Cub Scouts. Right. For maybe two to three years, I guess, until I got robbed in the <laughs> Pinewood Derby. That's just because you guys were cheating or your dad was cheating and you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. How dare you? We were not cheating. Okay. We were just augmenting the vehicle. <laughs> I was supervising. It was practicing for later in life. I was supervising his work. Mm, gotcha. And I mean, yeah, I was also in like church plays and stuff. I just didn't think that counted for extracurricular activities, but I guess it does. Well, mine was like church and school since it was combined. Oh, yours was together. Yeah. yeah. But when I was older, I didn't really do anything like that. I mean, I was in clubs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was, well, I was like a newspaper and yearbook and... See, I didn't do any of that. That kind of stuff. I was too busy with all my sports. Yeah, I wasn't sporty. wasn't sporty spice. A few things, though, that I always wanted to do, but I was too shy, was gymnastics, swimming, and acting. I did know that I loved acting because I did a few school plays and I did, you know, plays at church. Right. And everybody said that I did a really great job and that I should 
there was a place called Chattanooga Little Theater. Mm-hmm. And I debated doing it, but I just, I, because of the way I was so shy at gymnastics class, and that was so traumatizing for me, that I just didn't, I didn't let myself try. I wish that I had. Yeah, I, I can see where that would be scary and very difficult to get over that initial hump. Probably a lot of fun. Yeah. Because I got invited to a theater in Chattanooga to like participate with them, but it was like, I couldn't get over that initial hump of fear of doing that. Yeah. I mean, I there are still things in my adult life that I yeah. am the same way about. But that gymnastics thing, I was dressed up for it. I was so excited because I wanted to wear the cute little leotard and all that. And I go and I'm sitting in the stands with my mom, just kind of watching what everybody's doing. And then the teacher got the whole class as they're like running laps. Every time they come by me, they would be like, come on, Stacy, come on. And they were being so nice and sweet. But I just like buried my face in my mom's shoulder. I was so embarrassed. Oh, how old were you? Mm, I mean, probably five or six. (laughs) You're so little. (laughs) But, you know, like I had friends that were doing it and I, yeah, the desire was there, but I just could not make myself do it. I think that's a big difference between me and you is that type of pressure with everybody being like, come on, come on. Eventually I'd give in. Oh, yeah. No, I resist. Yeah, you do. I still do that too. You do. I don't want to be forced into doing something. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We went back and forth on what movies we were going to do. We really struggled. We did. But somehow we landed on Spaceballs and Girls Just Want to Have Fun. (laughs) Do these two (laughs) movies go together? No. No, they do not. They were both 80s movies. That's pretty much the only thing that they have in common. Yeah. We didn't have a theme. There was no theme. But I enjoyed them. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I did too. All right. You're the one with all the Spaceballs info, so. You want me to hit it? He was was hitting me with some fun facts while we were watching. Yes, I was. (laughs) I really liked this movie back in the day. I didn't really watch it. it much as a kid, but I was cracking up when we were watching it this time. Well, I was laughing too. And I'm ready to get into it right now. Then get into it. All right. So it's Spaceballs 1987. It is a Star Wars spoof. Hardcore. If you didn't know. Star Wars spoof. It was written and directed by Mel Brooks. He also plays President Scrooge and Yogurt, (laughs) who's the Yoda of the movie. Bill Pullman as Lone Star, who is the Han Solo. Got John Candy, who plays Barf, who is Chewbacca. And John Candy has sadly passed away. Yeah. Daphne Zuniga as Princess Vespa, who is our Princess Leia. Princess Leia. She's also my spirit animal. (laughs) Joan Rivers as the voice of Dot Matrix, who has also sadly passed away. Lorraine Yarnell Jansen played the body or the character of (laughs) Dot Matrix. And she was a, a famous mime. And she sadly passed away as well. I was imagining Joan Rivers... Inside the suit the whole time. That's yeah, I always funny. thought it was her. I didn't know. So then you have Rick Moranis, legend, playing Dark Helmet, the Darth Vader. Yes, who <laughs> is, of course, my favorite of the movie. You got Dick Van Patten as King Roland, and he has sadly passed away. George Weiner as Colonel Sanders. Michael Winslow as the radar technician. Jim J. Bullock as Prince Valium. And Leslie Beavis as Commanderette Zircon. <laughs> So you have Planet Spaceball, which has depleted its entire air supply. Travesty. Travesty. They want to steal all the air from the oxygen-rich planet of Druidia. The plans here are put forward by President Scroob to have Dark Helmet, 
kidnap Princess Vespa, who is a princess of Druidia, and hold her hostage until they give them the air. So it's a whole adventure about saving her from Dark Helmet and saving the planet Druidia from getting all of its air sucked out by Mega Maid, which is the big ship that Dark Helmet has built to vacuum all the air out of the planet. Sanders, what's going on? It's Mega Maid. She's gone from suck to blow. Yeah, her dad, who's the king, basically offers to pay Lone Star and Barf lots of money Two to million. go and save her. Oh, and then along the way, they're helped by Yogurt, <laughs> who- <laughs> All powerful. He's all powerful, and he's got to teach Lone Star the ways of the Schwartz. I am the keeper of a greater magic, a power known throughout the universe as the- The Force? No, the Schwartz. A.K.A. The Force. The Force, yes. <laughs> and of course, he's going to have to battle Dark Helmet, who also has the Schwartz. <laughs> you have the ring, and I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Now let's see how well you handle it. So tell me some of those fun facts. Lone Star, who Bill Pullman played, originally they wanted Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, or James Caan, all of who turned it down for various reasons. So Mel Brooks came across Bill Pullman in a play called Barabbas, and they really liked him. They're like, oh, we need him for the movie. And Bill Pullman had never seen Star Wars up to this point. Whoa. Which is crazy. wonder if he watched it, though, before they did the movie. I feel like you Ooh. would need to. Yeah, I feel like you'd have to. Also on the casting front, they wanted Steve Martin to play Colonel Sanders, oh. which I can totally see. Yeah. Now, you know we love a good ad lib. Yes. John Candy ad-libbed this line. Yeah, well, normally I... Oh, that's going to leave a mark. After he legitimately stood up too fast and forgot to unbuckle the seatbelt, <laughs> and they thought it was funny enough that they just left it in there. So I wonder if that's where that originated. Yeah, you were asking me that. I'm like, I don't know. I would be curious to know, because yeah. obviously that was you, that's been used right. a lot. And then the scene where Dark Helmet is playing with his dolls yeah. and do, acting out a whole scene was totally unscripted. <laughs> I love that. Lone Star. Yes, it's me. I'm here to save my girlfriend. Hi, honey. Now you are going to die. Psst. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, what'd you do to my friend? The same thing I'm going to do to you, big boy. Oh, oh, and you too. Oh, oh. Mel Brooks like came up with the idea on set one day and mentioned it to Rick Moranis, and he just improvised the whole scene, dialogued, all of it. It's amazing. It was really funny. So it's got a fantastic title, Spaceballs. It's like, it doesn't really get any better. It was almost called Planet Moron. But thankfully, there was another movie called Morons from Outer Space that came out in 85. <laughs> so they had to look for a different name. Mel Brooks wanted space in the title. On set one day, he spilled a drink in his lap and said, balls. And one of his assistants was like, hey, that's what we ought to call it. It ought to be Spaceballs. And there you go. That's so funny how people come up with things like it's, that. Yeah, it's so random. So when Mel Brooks was in makeup and costume as yogurt, he had all that gold body paint on. And I guess his skin was allergic to it. Oh, no. So he'd break out in rashes and it was super itchy. He also did that character on his knees to make him look really short. But he powered through. He said he really loved playing the character. So he powered through all the pain it was causing him. What a trooper. And so with the character of Barf, John Candy had to wear like a 30-pound battery backpack 
so they could operate his ears and his tail. Yeah, they were all controlled with a remote control. Now, John Candy controlled his tail. Then he had two other people that operated his ears. (laughs) And this one, I'd never heard of this. The crew was worried about filming in front of a green screen as it was so new. People were afraid that it would affect your vision permanently if you were in and around the green screen too much. Really? Yeah. So the cast members like Bill Pullman would wear sunglasses in between takes to like protect his eyes from the green screen. <laughs> Come a long way, baby. Do you remember the character of Pizza the Hut? Yes, I yes. do. So the guy that was in the Pizza the Hut costume, the voice of Pizza the Hut was Dom DeLuise, but the guy that was in the costume refused to come back for reshoots because he got second and third degree burns from the melted cheese oh, that they were pouring my on gosh. him. It would actually get on him and burn him, and then he refused to come back. So one of the special effects artists hopped in the suit and finished up the reshoots. I can't believe they actually used that. Yeah, I always thought it would be... Just something to make it look like that. Yeah, it was like actual melted cheese. But sue them. (laughs) (laughs) So there were never any Spaceball action figures or real merchandise. That blows my mind. I still wish we could have them now. Mel Brooks, he didn't have to, but he decided to get George Lucas's permission to do the spoof of of Star Wars. Right. And George was fine with it as long as he never released any merchandise for it. Oh. Because he didn't want it so competing. So it's like uh, you can get the money for the movie, but you can't continue to make money on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And this is something I assume you didn't notice, but there's a scene where everybody's escaping from Mega Maid and it's shot after shot of escape pods blasting out. Yeah. And I've always noticed them. I'm like, man, that looks exactly like shots from Star Wars. Because it is. It's unused escape pod footage from the original Star Wars. Really? And ILM did a lot of the special effects for this. So they just had it laying around and they reused it. Because <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that well, looks exactly the useful. same. <laughs> yeah. Now, there have constantly been talks of a sequel to Spaceballs. Oh, they should do one now. They should. Especially now that Rick Moranis is getting back into acting. Yes, which exactly. Which I just found out. I after, was excited. After we did our Ghostbusters yeah. episode. Uh, one of our followers reached out to me and said that he had signed on to do a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I think a TV series okay. for Disney Plus, which is so exciting. Yeah. So if he's back on that, maybe. Maybe they could do it. So they've talked about it. The titles I thought were pretty funny. They were originally going to call it Spaceballs 3, The Search for Spaceballs 2. <laughs> and I think Rick Moranis actually came up with that. That was pretty funny. funny. The other one was Spaceballs 2, The Search for More Money. I think Mel Brooks, that was his idea, but another little tidbit for our Star Wars fans in the exterior shot of the space diner. If you look closely, there is a Millennium Falcon that's parked along all the Winnebago's. Is it? Yeah. Because of ILM, they had a model laying around and added it to the shot. Oh, we have to go back so I can see that. Yeah. Now, I mentioned him earlier. Michael Winslow made a cameo in the film. And performed all of the sound effects in his scene. I'd kind of forgotten about him, but he's the guy that would do all of like all of the super cool like sound effects That's like, right. with, just with his mouth. As soon as I saw him, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I totally forgot about I, that guy. I had as well. But they're so great. Like it's amazing the noises that come out of that dude. You should play some here. You don't need that private. We're right here. Now what is it? Now what is it? I'm having trouble with the radar, sir. What's wrong with it? 
I've lost the bleeps, I've lost the sweeps, and I've lost the creeps. The what? The what? And the what? You know, the bleeps. The sweeps. And the creeps. God, he's so great. So good. I could just listen to that for hours. I know. So they released a special edition DVD of this. I don't know what year. It was in the early 2000s. And on that special edition, there's an audio commentary track done by the Dinks. So the Dinks are like the Jawas of the movie. Oh, right, right, right. They just go around the whole time saying, dink, dink, dink. Yes. And that's their whole audio track. It's just them going, dink, 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 dink. <laughs> the entire movie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and finally, there is an animated series that lasted one season. Really? In 2008. And it actually had Mel Brooks, Daphne Zaniga, and Joan Rivers. Oh, we need to like just watch the pilot of that. Yeah, we just got to check it out. That's it for the fun facts. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> nice job. Hopefully you had a lot of fun. I did. So my favorite moments, I wrote these down as they happened so I would not forget. So first of all, just the intro where they're showing the spaceship flying as they do in Star Wars but it just keeps going and going and going. And when you think it's done, there's more. There's a little more. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like the longest spaceship ever, which is just, I mean, hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Number two is Princess Vespa's fancy luggage. <laughs> She's just so bougie. And I love how Lone Star and Barf are having to like lug it through the sand. Yeah. They're on the desert planet. They got no water, but they got all her luggage with them. Yes. And then later, <laughs> later when you see that they're still walking through the sand and Lone Star and Barf are saying, Water, water, water. <sighs> they're all dramatic about it. <laughs> yeah. And then Dot says, Oil, oil. And then <laughs> Princess Vespa says, Room service. Room service. <laughs> that is so you. <laughs> Room service. <laughs> Listen, I am not that bougie about many things, but I do love staying in a nice hotel and ordering room service. You do. It is like your favorite thing to do. It is definitely one of my favorite things to do. So when she said that, and I'm, and it's something I miss because I haven't been able to do that in over a year. So that cracked me up. I love it. <laughs> On our honeymoon to Liverpool, we crushed the room service. We did. And they would not, we, <laughs> they would not give us ice. We could not get ice to save our lives. They thought it was so weird that we wanted ice. Yeah. They would bring it, though, sometimes, or like Pete would have to go down and get it. And I remember yeah. one time he came up and he had a massive bucket full of ice because they just like, I feel like they just grabbed a pot from the kitchen. <laughs> this yank out here asking for ice again. <laughs> Us weird Americans wanting our ice with our drinks. And yet no tips. Yeah, they won't let you tip. That was really weird to get used to. It was. And we would even ask them and they would be just like, be like, no. Could I just tip you, please? I feel like I should. And they're like, no, no, it's OK. Don't do that. Because they I, pay them well. They do. Yeah. And then I love the rental section, Mr. Rental, where <laughs> it's all Mel Brooks movies on the shelves. And then Spaceballs is there <laughs> on the shelf and they put it on and it's like a movie within a movie. So they're watching it and then it catches up to where they are. And so they're watching themselves watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Mel Brooks says that's one of his favorite parts 
as far as funny parts of the movie. Yeah. That's his favorite. Well, and groundbreaking at the time, like nobody had yeah. ever seen anything like that. That was hilarious. All right, hit me with those HMs. HM time. I really like when it appears at the beginning of the movie that Princess Vespa also has buns like Leia. But then after she escapes and Dot's trying to talk to her and she can't hear her and all of a sudden she lifts up her buns because they're actually headphones and you can hear music blaring. And then she takes them off and she's just got normal straight hair. I feel like you can get those now, but that's another thing. There's so much merchandise that could have come out from this movie. Yeah. And then, you know, the romantic in me, but I also really like when Lone Star and Vespa first meet, like before they meet, they're talking about each other with Dot and Barf. And they're both like, oh, I bet he's so unattractive. You know, they're just basically think the other person is going to be gross to look at. And then just when they finally see each other and they're both like, they're both pleasantly surprised by what they they see. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So my favorite moments. I love it when Dark Helmet flies from his console to the front of the ship. After they exit ludicrous speed and he slams his helmet into the front of the ship and he like gets up and he's all beat up and dizzy. It just always makes me laugh. Still in this last viewing, I still laughed when it (laughs) happened. And then number two, the a-hole scene. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. That was so hilarious watching as a kid. And again, another one that still makes me laugh. It holds up. How many a-holes we got on this ship anyhow? Yo! I knew it. I'm surrounded by... All right, next up, on the moon of Vega, which is the sandy planet, that outfit that Dark Helmet switches into, it's like his safari outfit, (laughs) but he's still got the giant helmet on. It's so hilarious. That helmet, I tell you, so funny. Also, I love it when they have the giant comb and they're telling him to comb the desert. They're like, have you found anything? And he's like, we ain't found (laughs) s***. And lastly, on that front, the giant hairdryer that they have of Princess Vespa's that's in part of the luggage. I almost said that, too. I was like, oh, my God, look at that hairdryer. That is so ridiculous. (laughs) All right, my HMs. That scene when Dark Helmet is playing with his dolls. It's a good one. I love it. And we talked about it before. It is crazy to me that that was just made up on the spot by Rick Moranis. I mean, it's not like it's complicated or anything, but it is so funny. It's like he channeled his inner child. He did. Next up. When they catch the heroes, quote unquote, when they're on planet Spaceball and they have them all turn around and it's all of their stunt doubles. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Because like I said, I only I had only seen this like once, maybe when I was a kid or just snippets of it, really. So when they turn around, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like Princess Vespa is like this bearded dude with a cigar. And even like Dot looks like a disheveled guy. (laughs) It's so funny. And then when they jam the radar, that was super funny as a kid. But like now, I love that part because that's when you get Michael Winslow and all of his sound effects. Yes. And lastly, I always wanted Spaceballs, the flamethrower. Do you remember when Yogurt was showing all of his merchandise? And he pulls out like a working Spaceballs, the (laughs) flamethrower. It's so great. Spaceballs, the flamethrower. That kids love this one. That's all I got. Wow. Got through that one pretty quickly. We did. That was a good movie. That was fun to rewatch it. It was fun. I'm glad you chose it. We're still waiting on our buddy to cover uh, Empire Strikes Back. So yes. We went with the next best thing. <laughs> <We did. laughs> on to mine. It's all mine. You have wanted to cover this for a little while. I have. It's definitely 
on my list of probably top 10 favorite 80s movies. It's Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. Directed by Alan Metter, written by Amy Spies. It's about Janie, who's a teenage girl who's new to her Catholic school in the suburbs of Chicago. Her father has just retired from the army, and so that's why they've just moved there. She instantly clicks with Lynn, who shares a love of dancing and dance TV. They find that out pretty quickly, and then it's just kind of an instant bond. So when they find out that there's an audition for a new dance TV couple, The two make plans to go against Janie's father's wishes and go downtown where they meet your typical mean rich girl, Natalie, and Jeff, who's Janie's soon-to-be dance partner. The two butt heads at first because they just come from different worlds and they have a different style of dance also. Yeah, they're giving each other shade on their styles of dance. And there's lots of sexual tension. There is, yeah. You can cut it with a knife. (laughs) Of course, eventually, they fall for each other. And after lots of sneaking out and dodging many attempts of sabotage, they win the competition. They become the new dance TV couple. Now, would dance TV be MTV or is it like... I think it's like American Bandstand-ish. Like a dance show. Yes. Not like a channel. It's just dance TV. Or it's just a show called Dance TV. Yes. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be like MTV or not. I mean, it's probably kind of a combo deal, Mm -hmm. you know? Because really, like American Bandstand and Soul Train, like, they would have a lot of people there dancing. Whereas this looked like it was just maybe like 10 couples or something. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like it's a little different, but... Either way, it looks like a good time. Yes, it does. So this cast, one of my faves, Sarah Jessica Parker as Janie Glenn, Lee Montgomery as Jeff Malone, also Joey Lawrence's doppelganger. For real, I thought it was Joey Lawrence. And you're like, no, that's not him. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) They do look a lot alike. I actually think in this movie, he's more handsome than Joey Lawrence. Not that Joey Lawrence is not handsome, but... I feel like Joey Lawrence is maybe a little more goofy looking, but really? I could also just be thinking of his character on Blossom, and that's why. That's a good point. You never saw him as a serious dancer. True. Well, I did see him as a serious pop artist. <laughs> In real life or on a movie? In real life. Oh, really? Yeah. You never heard the song, There's Nothing My Love Can Fix For You, Baby. Let's play it here. Yeah, no, I don't know that (laughs) Jonathan Silverman as Drew Borman, who's Jeff's best friend. Shannon Doherty, a young Shannon Doherty, as Maggie Moline, Jeff's little sister. At this point, I think we probably only knew her from Little House on the Prairie. Who was she on Little House on the Prairie? Because I watched that. It says Jenny Wilder, which sounds familiar, but I really don't remember. That is all such a blur to me. I wonder if she's the one that went rocketing down the hill in the covered wagon. Oh, gosh. I feel like I cried that day. <laughs> it's been so long since I've watched that. Yeah. Helen Hunt as the iconic Lynn Stone. Ed Lauder as Colonel Robert Glenn, who's Janie's dad. He passed away in 2013. Margaret Howell as Mrs. Glenn, her mom. She passed away in 2000. Oh, wow. Holly Gagne. That's a guess. <laughs> Close enough, right? (laughs) She played Natalie Sands. And I just have to add that 
she also, I mean, she did like a bunch of soap operas and was a regular on Baywatch, but she played one of Joey Tribbiani's sisters on Friends. Oh, did she really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Morgan Woodward as J.P. Sands. He just passed away in 2019. But he had some mega roles like he was on Dallas and in Cool Hand Luke, stuff like that. Oh, okay. I thought he looked familiar. Yeah. Biff Yeager. (laughs) Yes, that's a real name. (laughs) That is a real name. As Mr. Maylene, who's Jeff's dad. Do we have any Biffs in the audience? (laughs) (laughs) Who's named Biff? Like, is Biff one of those things that's like a nickname, like Chuck is for Charles? Right. Is it? I don't know what it would be short for. Like one of my sisters had a nickname that was Dee Dee, Mandy. But it's just because my little brother couldn't pronounce Mandy. Oh. So everybody called her Dee Dee for quite a long time. And then Christy Summers as Ricky, Miss Dance TV. Oh, that's who that was. Okay. You know, it was actually hard for me to find a lot of information about this movie. Mm -hmm. Normally we can find some kind of documentary or interviews or something. And maybe I didn't dig deep enough, but I couldn't find a lot. But this is what we've got. So it was inspired by Cyndi Lauper's hit, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And they bought the rights to the song and the title from the songwriter Robert Hazard's publishing company. But Lauper said she did not want to appear in the film, and then she refused to let them use her version. I was curious about that. Yeah, because we noticed that it wasn't her version. Yeah, I was like, what version is this? (laughs) I was surprised. Yeah. SJP agreed to do the film because the uncredited screenwriter Janice Hirsch was one of the writers on Square Pegs. Okay. And that was... Is that a TV show? Yes. She was on that. She said, quote, Janice wasn't into depicting people my age being stupid. I was impressed with her fondness for two best friends who aren't competitive. I did like that aspect of it. They never were rivals, which is fun. Yeah. Because it's a way overused trope. I feel like a lot of times, too, you see, you know, there will be some kind of fight or something, even if they're not rivals. They'll, right. they'll have like they're a tiff, but they didn't. The director, Alan Metter, asked the same people that coached the gymnasts that did Kevin Bacon's stunts in the film Footloose, which SJP is also in, Mm -hmm. for help. He just felt that the dance sequences needed an extra kick, and they sure got an extra kick. They did. Like, they're very acrobatic dance scenes, so much so that sometimes they're not dancing. They're just doing gymnastics. Yeah, it looks like a (laughs) gymnastics routine. It does. I mean, it's awesome, but... And you can kind of tell when their uh, dance doubles are in for them. (laughs) <laughs> so pretty much every young cast member was actually older than he or she played in the film. So Sarah Jessica Parker was 20. Helen Hunt was 22. And these are high school kids. Jonathan Silverman was 19. Holly. Gagnier. There's, there's that name again. It's spelled Gagnier. Gagnier. <laughs> so however you pronounce that. <laughs> she was 23. Oh, wow. And Lee Montgomery was 24. And then Shannon Doherty was 14, which I think she was playing like a 12-year-old. Okay. And then the high school that was used was the same high school that they used in Nightmare on Elm Street, Zapped, and Pretty in Pink. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. In L.A. I'm very curious to hear your favorite moments on this movie. This was, I know, your first time watching, so I just love to see what stands out to you in movies like this. I really liked when Sarah Jessica Parker first started dancing at the tryouts. Yeah. And this is our first glimpse of acrobatic dancing. And she just comes out and crushes it. (laughs) Because you had talked about in the beginning of this episode, the fact that you wanted to do gymnastics. Uh I did too. I used to love to spin and try to flip, but I could never flip. Mm -hmm. So watching her, I was like, wow, that is really cool. Well, quote unquote her. Yeah. (laughs) But I was very impressed with that. Mm -hmm. It caught me off guard and I liked it. Number two, 
the tree that is next to her window just blows my mind. Like, did anybody ever have a tree branch that grew close enough to their house and was big enough to sneak out onto? Yeah, that you weren't like risking your life to yeah. jump out onto. So I was just like, I don't know about that. But I liked that she had the grapes to go out her window and, and climb into that <laughs> tree because that would have been dangerous. I don't know. Have I ever mentioned before, like I had a incident where I snuck out. You've told me. I don't think you've told them. So the house that I lived in had a porch that had, of course, a roof. The roof to the porch was right outside of mine and my sister's window. Uh-huh. I mean, it was probably 30 feet up in the air, maybe. But I had a plan to go hang out with my friends that night, like sneak out on a Saturday night and go hang out. It's the first time I ever tried it. First and last time <laughs> I ever tried it. So I was painting the house at the time. So I left a ladder up against the side of the porch. So I got all ready, snuck out. It's like 11 o'clock. But my friends were all in like this truck and they pulled past the house and you could hear them all talking. <sighs> they pulled past the house and they parked. You could still hear them all talking. So then I'm like, all right, well, let me go try to sneak out. And I'm climbing down the ladder to go meet them. And as I get level with the porch, I'm looking straight into my stepdad's eyes. <laughs> oh, no. And he's like... Well, where are you going? And I'm I just forgot like, that it happened uh, like that. Just back up this ladder. <laughs> <laughs> so I go back up the ladder, go back in my window. And then my friends, you hear the truck like peel out, pull back by as they're going. Pee! Oh, no. I got very grounded for doing that. Much like SJP did in this, except I was actually grounded and I yeah. didn't get to escape. Well, my bedroom situation was easy. Yeah. Like it was set up because the stairs going up to our porch went right past my bedroom. And it was like at the perfect height that you could just take the screen out and hop right out. Did you? I mean, I did a few times, but I didn't really go anywhere. I think one time maybe my friends were spending the night and we went to Taco Bell. Like it wasn't, we came right back. You know, it wasn't anything crazy. But I did have several people visit me at my window. You did? You being one of them. <laughs> and then I would sometimes just go out. Like, again, if people were spending the night, we thought it was so cool. It was like we were being rebellious by going out onto the porch through the window. That makes sense. You know, and we'd like hang out out there and sometimes maybe some friends would come over and we would just talk to them like right outside the house. But I mean, that was before the days of ring cams and stuff like that. Yeah, that probably has done away with a lot of that. Yeah, but that's about it. I wasn't too, <laughs> too rebellious with the sneaking out. You were always such a good kid. <laughs> All right. Number three for me, I identified with how upset Colonel Green got when he found out that Janie had been like sneaking out because they show her out and about on the town and she's just really irresponsible <laughs> and she needs more supervision. Like she's riding around on a motorcycle with no helmet and Jeff is like super reckless on it. That's true. They go to some random bar downtown and get in a bar fight, get in a bar fight. It's like, come on. <laughs> he had every reason to be worried. Didn't he, he did. Absolutely. All right. So my HMs for this. J.P. Sands and his helmet hair. <laughs> I just love helmet hair like that. I love it when somebody looks like a Lego character. <laughs> and I, I just now figured out like how they do this. It's like overgrowing your sideburns and brushing them back into the rest of your hair. Yeah, I never really thought about it. I hadn't either. I always just wondered how people got helmet hair like that. And I was like looking at him. I was like, oh, he's like combing it back. That has to look so amazing as you're growing that out or when it's like wild and crazy and maybe like sticking out like three <laughs> inches or something like that. <laughs> Next up, I love that Lynn didn't really get in trouble for leaving this baby 
that she was babysitting in a pizza. <laughs> There's like a pizza box on the floor with pizza in it. And this baby's just wallowing around in this pizza as the mother comes home. Just like chewing on a tomato. Yeah. I know. I was like, we're not even parents, but I mean, I did help run a preschool for a long time. So it's like I think about all these safety things, but I was just like, "Uh, hello, choking hazard. Right. And I didn't even think, like you said, about the fact that they could be burned. Yeah. We just saw with Pizza the Hut, you can get burned by cheese if you're not careful. (laughs) It's so true. See, there's another way that (laughs) these two movies. Oh, we didn't even know there would be synergy like this. (laughs) But my last comment on that is teens can be very stupid. Yes, yes, they can. All right, last up for me. When J.P. Sands is shooting pool at his mansion and he gets distracted or upset by something, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he rips the cue through the table. And any time I'd play pool at a friend's house, wherever it was, that was the number one thing. Yep. Don't rip the table. I've never seen it happen ever. You owned a pool table. Did you ever see it happen? No. And that's what we were talking about. I was like, oh, it actually can happen because my entire childhood, teen years, as long as my dad was around and in his right mind, bless him, that was a warning. Yeah. Like I had to learn how to play pool using my hands because we weren't allowed (laughs) to use the cue. Is that what it's called? The cue or the stick? I think it's the cue stick. Maybe. The cue stick. (laughs) And my, you know, whenever I had friends over and stuff, because we would all like it was in our playroom. I was lucky enough that we had fun stuff like that, a pool table and a ping pong table. But that was the rule across the board for my friends and Kelly's friends. Nobody could use a cue stick (laughs) or a pool stick or a cue or a stick. None of it. None of it. Hands only. And then one time, the one time that I had a party, I walked into the playroom because it, the party like extended through the garage and into the, the driveway. And I walked in and someone was sleeping on top of the pool <gasps> table. And I was like, oh, my God. And Some I like, dude? Yes. Had to be a dude. It was a dude. I feel like I just told one of my friends, like, you need to tell him <laughs> to get off the table. Well, that's what I got. All right. So my faves. Number one is Lynn Stone's fashion. I already called her an icon. She is an icon. So much unique stuff on her. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. And it wasn't exactly trendy stuff. It was just very unique. And you could tell that she really put a lot of thought into what she was putting in her hair and on her body. From the dinosaur clips, which actually looked like toys that you would play with, like that you could hold in a full-size adult hand. Yeah. (laughs) And they were clipped into her hair on both sides. And like up like Mickey Mouse ears. Yes. The hat with the giant cricket on top. She had a space shuttle hair clip. Yeah, that was crazy. We're like, hey, pause that. What is that? Is that the space shuttle? Sure enough. (laughs) She had a Davy Crockett hat with like a bullet belt. And then there were several other looks. But I really loved when she had her school uniform, like when she and Janie meet for the first time and Janie's like covering for her. She changes on the bus and she just like rips off the sleeves of her school jacket, flips her skirt inside out. It's like instantly she's in a cool outfit just to go babysit. Just to go babysit. (laughs) She's like, are you going out? Like, no, just going to babysit. Yeah. She's like, you should see what I look like when I go out. (laughs) And then I love when she goes to like help Janie escape her bedroom and she's hanging upside down and her hair is like sticking up. And you almost think that it's just because she's upside down. And then when they get down to the ground and she stands up, her hair is still standing straight up. And I love how they like they both laugh about it. And it's like Bride of Frankenstein hair. Yes. It's so great. 
And then, of course, just how she looks at the end when she's the new Miss Dance TV and she comes out and she's got like her horse-drawn chariot and she's got her big crown on. Such a fun moment. Yes, it's so great because Ricky quits and leaves and then she just happens to be there. And I love that that was one favorite moment for you all right there. (laughs) Well, look, this is how I cram it all in. It's her fashion. And then let me tell you about all these things that happened while she was wearing that fashion. That's true. That's true. I'm sorry. (laughs) Two is I love the montage of when Jeff and Janie are just rehearsing their dance routine because you see them all over. You know, at one point they're trying to jump off of a tree and like his little sister's there with him and they're wearing all the different outfits and... I just like it. And you see their chemistry growing. You do. And you see him learning how to flip. Yes. Well, that's the tree stuff. I thought he was on the pad. Well, maybe he started out there. And okay. then they and then he did it from the tree, remember? Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And then I love when the girls, it's Janie, Lynn, and Maggie, his little sister, Shannon Doherty. Yeah. They show up at the mall. They run into Drew, his best friend, who's being fitted for a suit to wear to Natalie's coming out party, they called it, which is like a debutante type thing or something yeah just like a socialite event i've never been to one of those (laughs) no but they were looking for a way to get back at her for all the things that she had done to try to you know she sabotaged lynn's audition she called janie's parents pretending to be a nun from the school she's shady very evil yeah so to get back at her they take the invitation from drew who just happens to have it there with him and they go to a store in the mall which is what was so great about malls back then because you could find a store where you could go get copies made yeah and they had like 150 copies made of it and just started passing it out to unique characters people that typically would not be caught dead at a party like that or permitted at a party like that they wouldn't have been invited It's like the entire punk rock scene of the city that they're in. Right. And then, of course, when it all actually comes to fruition and they show up at the party, to me, that's all one thing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm lumping it all together. But when they show up and they crash the party and they burst through the window dramatically like they used to do in the 80s movies and basically dance, flip some tables over. Now, somebody does get run over with a golf cart. (laughs) True. And that is J.P. Sands. And they ruin his hair. I think they get blueberry pie in his beautiful silver mane. mane. (laughs) So there was at least one casualty of their romp through this party. (laughs) And then H.M.'s. I love at the end when Janie's brother and mom are watching her perform on TV once like they realize that she's on and they're you can just tell they're so proud. And then when her dad goes down to the station and you can tell he's just like pissed, like he's, he's just wanting to stop the whole thing. Yep. And then Drew's like, oh, you're Janie's dad. My, she's great. And it, that's what it takes to make him like look at it differently. Well, listen, this is a girl that's running around town on motorcycles. <laughs> she's going out to clubs. True, true. He's only upset. But you're right. He finally does see how wonderful of a dancer she is because she's really good. Yes. And then I really like when Jeff's dad is at the bar watching the competition on TV. And when Jeff and Janie win, his buddies dump a pitcher of beer over his head. It's a full pitcher of beer. (laughs) What a waste. (laughs) But I just think it's fun. Plus, it's pretty rare in any type of media, especially in that day and age, to see a dad who is supportive of his son wanting to be a dancer. You're absolutely right. That was very unique to this movie. Mm-hmm. because part of it's like, Mr. Sands is going to fire you if I win this dance competition. He's yeah. like, you get out there. You let me worry about Sands. Yeah. You get out there and you go win. I love that. Yeah. 
that's a really cool thing that as a child, I never paid attention to. But as an adult, I'm like, wow, that was actually, you know, a lot of these movies don't hold up when it comes to things like that. Yeah. You know, but that one was one that felt pretty progressive. It did. Also, just a funny little moment. I love when Lynn distracts the nun so that Janie can go talk to Jeff at the fence at school. By asking the nun, she's like, show us that trick you do, like a gymnastics trip. On the pommel horse. Yeah, and she hops up there and she just goes off. And like, she's excited <laughs> to do it, too. She's yes. like, yeah, I can show you. She's just whipping her legs all around. Did you ever try the pommel horse? No, because I was too shy to do gymnastics. I told you. <laughs> we didn't have that at school either. So. Oh, you didn't? No, oh. not that I know of. We just had a random one at my church that was literally sitting outside. They had parallel bars yes. and a pommel horse huh. sitting outside for some reason. We did have parallel bars, but we did didn't you? have that. Yeah, that was like on our playground. I feel like I almost broke my arms a couple times on the pommel horse. Oh. Because I'd get up there and like try to swing my legs around. You'd like put too much oh. weight on one arm. And you didn't know the technique because no. you didn't take classes. I just tried to do what I'd seen. Yeah. And I, I'm probably lucky I didn't break my arm. Probably. And then I can just say two things that I did not like. Oh. Okay. Yeah. First of all, tune in Tokyo. Yeah, that was so off-putting. I mean, I always remember it, seeing it and just being like weirded out by it a little bit as a kid. But it's probably not until like this day and age that I see that. And we both were just like, uh, hello, sexual assault. Yeah. Sexual assault much? <laughs> and if you don't know, you know, just go watch the movie. But it's when they're at the bar. Like, I've never seen anybody do that. Like, I've never seen a guy do that to a girl in person. Mm -hmm. I've only ever seen guys do that to another guy. But it's more so like, like pinch a, like and a twist titty twister. Yes. Yeah. And they say, tune in Tokyo. Yeah. I've never seen that actually happen in person, thankfully. Yeah. And then I was just actually disappointed that we didn't see anything go beyond them winning the competition. Yeah. It would have been nice to see a conversation with Janie and her dad. And most of all, I would have liked if they had fast forwarded a little bit to where we could see Jeff and Janie and Lynn as Miss Dance TV being like... On the show. Yeah, seasoned on the show. You know, like they know what they're doing and... That would have been perfect to play behind the credits as yes. they rolled. Yes. Even if they, you know, this was kind of before they would do stingers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess Ferris Bueller had a stinger, but yeah. at least play it as the credits are rolling. That would have been great. I wish they would have thought about that yeah. because it just feels a little bit like. It was abrupt. Yeah. Anticlimactic a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, you see them win and that's exciting, but you don't get to see it actually play out. You right. don't get to see them do the thing that they were trying to win. You need a girls just want to have fun, a two. I do. I wonder if they're all available. <laughs> We've done it. We've done it. Again. Some favorites of our own. We've done some favorites. Yeah. How many episodes is this? 57? Seven. And We totally missed our 50th, 50th episode. episode spectacular. I know. We had plans for it. I guess really it was just talking about how it was our 50th episode. <laughs> Well, we didn't realize until after it was already out. I know. Then we're like, oh, we're on like 53. So it's like we can't do our 53rd episode spectacular. So we'll have to do something else. We'll do something for the 100th. Or 69, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're still waiting on Mr. Tuttle here to get some more nostalgic items to share. Yeah, I'm out. I recently just obtained two new ones that I'm really excited to share. They are amazing. Yeah, I'm really excited. Well, one of them hasn't arrived yet, but I got great deals and I'm so excited. I do but have one item, but we're saving we're, mine. Yes, we are saving that for, for something another special. episode. Yes. So since we don't have those, we're back to songs. 
We'll do songs from the years that these movies came out. 1985. What'd you pick? Take On Me by AHA. feel that song. Yeah. I love that song so much. Yeah, it's not one that I ever want to turn off when it's on. It makes me want to sing whenever I hear it. Makes me want to watch MTV. Yeah. <laughs> Just such early MTV days, you know. Yeah, because that's like the black and white, like drawing yes. at first, something like that. Okay, I chose from 1985. Just what a bop that song is. I was going to call it a jam. Yeah, either way. It's a bop jam. It's a bop jam, jam bop. <laughs> jam bop. <laughs> Prince, obviously, just, I feel like legend is not a big enough word. Exactly. There's so much feeling and rhythm in that song. Like, it's incredible. It's just a lot of fun, too. And as a kid, I remember belting it out and not even really knowing all the words other than in the chorus, you know? Oh, well, welcome to my life. <laughs> all right, 1987. You go first. What do you got? I got. You gotta fight for your right to party. The reason I picked this one is because, well, I mean, it's a banger. Like, I love this song. But I feel like today I picked the song and then I watched the video again just because I hadn't seen it in a long time. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching it as an eight-year-old and being... Almost scared. Like I felt a little, I felt uneasy. You know what I mean? Because it was like, I was at that age where, or I should say my sister was at that age where she would have a lot of people over, a lot of guys. Yeah. I mean, just in their big group of friends. But then also she would have some parties because I know at least one time she had a party when my parents were out of town and she was babysitting me and I was young and I was afraid that that party was going to turn into the BC Boys party, <laughs> you know, it just felt so like aggressive and irreverent and not irreverent, but just in your face. It was you know? in your face. Everything was kind of like dirty. And yes, I need to go rewatch that video. I mean, it's great, but watching it as a kid, it's a little. Yeah, I can much. remember the feeling of watching it as a kid mm -hmm. and it was uncomfortable. Yes, but, but yet then, like, you couldn't look away. Yeah, either. it was very intriguing. Yes. Oh, wow. Can you do that? And say no to your parents like that? So subversive. <laughs> yeah. Can you throw a pie in your mom's face when she walks in? Well, I just saw it on MTV. You must be able to. <laughs> That's a great song. All right, for me, by Crowded House. Don't dream it's over. It's another one that I just cannot help but sing along with. Yeah. Especially when they hit the high note. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it now. No. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it for this episode. You can find us on Instagram at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod. You can find us on Facebook at We Don't Want to Grow Up Podcast. We're on TikTok at We Don't Want to Grow Up. You can email us at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod at gmail.com. And you can come support us by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. There you can donate $4 or more per month and gain access to bonus episodes. 
Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, download, listen, rate, five stars. Give us a super sweet review. All of that helps us so much. We just really appreciate it. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.